This is day 20 of our daily Bible reading. We will read Exodus chapters 27 through 30 and Psalm chapter 20. Lord Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. Consider our weaknesses, Lord. We are totally dependent on you, whether we recognize it or not. I ask, Lord, that you reveal yourself in your word today. We are in great need. We rely solely upon your grace in our lives, and nothing less. Sometimes we feel so powerless to control things. The things in this world are overwhelming sometimes. The draw of temptation is so strong. And yet we have to consider, Lord, that you are above all of that. You can conquer the grave. You have conquered death for us. There is nothing that is beyond your ability to do. This is the God that we serve. Your sovereignty, your power, your might, your love for your people. Help us to consider these things rather than these distractions that are in the world. I ask, Lord, that you have mercy upon us today, that our souls will cry out to you, and that you may work mightily in us today. Please cause us to repent. Cause us to be very low so that we can put you in your proper place as the exalted one in our hearts. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and this is the least that you deserve. Please forgive us, Lord. Please give us wisdom to understand your word today, and give us the strength to apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. And you shall make the altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. The altar shall be square, and its height shall be three cubits. You shall make its horns on its four corners, its horns shall be of one piece with it, and you shall overlay it with bronze. You shall make its pails for removing its ashes, and its shovels, and its basins, and its forks, and its firepans. You shall make all its utensils of bronze. You shall make for it a grating of network of bronze, and on the net you shall make four bronze rings at its four corners. You shall put it beneath under the ledge of the altar, so that the net will reach halfway up the altar. You shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with bronze. Its poles shall be inserted into the rings, so that the poles shall be on the two sides of the altar when it is carried. You shall make it hollow with planks. As it was shown to you in the mountain, so they shall make it. You shall make the court of the tabernacle. On the south side, there shall be hangings for the court of fine twisted linen, 100 cubits long for one side, and its pillars shall be 20, with their 20 sockets of bronze. The hooks of the pillars and their bands shall be of silver. Likewise, for the north side, in length, there shall be hangings 100 cubits long and its twenty pillars with their twenty sockets of bronze. The hooks of the pillars and their bands shall be of silver. For the width of the court on the west side shall be hangings of fifty cubits with their ten pillars and their ten sockets. The width of the court on the east side shall be fifty cubits. The hangings for the one side of the gate shall be fifteen cubits 
with their three pillars and their three sockets. And for the other side shall be hangings of fifteen cubits with their three pillars and their three sockets. For the gate of the court there shall be a screen of twenty cubits of blue and purple and scarlet material and fine twisted linen, the work of a weaver, with their four pillars and their four sockets. All the pillars around the court shall be furnished with silver bands, with their hooks of silver and their sockets of bronze. The length of the court shall be one hundred cubits, and the width fifty throughout, and the height five cubits of twisted fine linen, and their sockets of bronze. All the utensils of the tabernacle used in all its service, and all its pegs, and all the pegs of the court, shall be of bronze. You shall charge the sons of Israel that they bring you clear oil of beaten olives for the light, to make a lamp burn continually. In the tent of meeting, outside the veil, which is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall keep it in order from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout their generations for the sons of Israel. Then bring near to yourself Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the sons of Israel to minister as priest to me. Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. You shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother for glory and for beauty. You shall speak to all the skillful persons whom I have endowed with the spirit of wisdom, that they make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister as priest to me. These are the garments which you shall make, a breastpiece and an ephod and a robe and a tunic of checkered work, a turban and a sash, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother and his sons, that he may minister as priest to me. They shall take the gold and the blue and the purple and the scarlet material and the fine linen. They shall also make the ephod of gold, of blue and purple and scarlet material and fine twisted linen, the work of the skillful workmen. It shall have two shoulder pieces joined to its two ends, that it may be joined. The skillfully woven band, which is on it, shall be like its worksmanship, of the same material, of gold, of blue, and purple, and scarlet material, and fine twisted linen. You shall take two onyx stones, and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel. Six of their names on the one stone, and the names of the remaining six on the other stone, according to their birth. As the jeweler engraves a signet, you shall engrave the two stones according to the names of the sons of Israel. You shall set them in filigree settings of gold. You shall put the two stones on the shoulder pieces of the ephod, as stones of memorial for the sons of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders for a memorial. You shall make filigree settings of gold and two chains of pure gold. You shall make them of twisted cordage work, and you shall put the corded chains on the filigree settings. 
You shall make a breastpiece of judgment, the work of a skillful workman, like the work of the ephod you shall make it, of gold, of blue, and purple, and scarlet material, and fine twisted linen you shall make it. It shall be square and folded double, a span in length and a span in width. You shall mount on it four rows of stones. The first row shall be a row of ruby, topaz, and emerald. And the second row, a turquoise, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row, a jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, and an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold filigree. The stones shall be according to the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to their names. They shall be like the engravings of a seal, each according to his name for the twelve tribes. You shall make on the breastpiece chains of twisted cordage work in pure gold. You shall make on the breastpiece two rings of gold, and shall put the two rings on the two ends of the breastpiece. You shall put the two cords of gold on the two rings at the ends of the breastpiece. You shall put the other two ends of the two cords on the two filigree settings, and put them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod at the front of it. You shall make two rings of gold, and shall place them on the two ends of the breastpiece, on the edge of it, which is toward the inner side of the ephod. You shall make two rings of gold, and put them on the bottom of the two shoulder pieces on the ephod, on the front of it, close to the place where it was joined, above the skillfully woven band of the ephod. They shall bind the breastpiece by its rings to the rings of the ephod with a blue cord, so that it will be on the skillfully woven band of the ephod, and that the breastpiece will not come loose from the ephod. Aaron shall carry the names of the sons of Israel in the breastpiece of judgment over his heart when he enters the holy place, for a memorial before the Lord continually. You shall put in the breastpiece of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be over Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. And Aaron shall carry the judgment of the sons of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. You shall make the robe of the ephod all of blue. There shall be an opening at its top, in the middle of it. Around its opening there shall be a binding of woven work, like the opening of a coat of mail, so that it will not be torn. You shall make on its hem pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet material, all around on its hem, and bells of gold between them all around. A golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate, all around on the hem of the robe. It shall be on Aaron when he ministers, and its tinkling shall be heard when he enters and leaves the holy place before the Lord, so that he will not die. You shall also make a plate of pure gold, and shall engrave on it, like the engravings of a seal, holy to the Lord. You shall fasten it on a blue cord, and it shall be on the turban. It shall be at the front of the turban. It shall be on Aaron's forehead, 
and Aaron shall take away the iniquity of the holy things which the sons of Israel consecrate, with regard to all their holy gifts. And it shall always be on his forehead, that they may be accepted before the Lord. You shall weave the tunic of checkered work of fine linen, and shall make a turban of fine linen, and you shall make a sash the work of a weaver. For Aaron's sons you shall make tunics, you shall also make sashes for them, and you shall make caps for them, for glory and for beauty. You shall put them on Aaron your brother and on his sons with him, and you shall anoint them and ordain them and consecrate them, that they may serve me as priests. You shall make for them linen breeches to cover their bare flesh. They shall reach from the loins even to the thighs. They shall be on Aaron and on his sons when they enter the tent of meeting, or when they approach the altar to minister in the holy place, so that they do not incur guilt and die. It shall be a statute forever to him and to his descendants after him. Now this is what you shall do to them to consecrate them to minister as priests to me. Take one young bull and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread and unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers spread with oil. You shall make them of fine wheat flour. You shall put them in one basket and present them in the basket along with the bull and the two rams. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the doorway of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. You shall take the garments and put on Aaron the tunic and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastpiece and gird him with the skillfully woven band of the ephod. And you shall set the turban on his head and put the holy crown on the turban. Then you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head, and anoint him. You shall bring his sons, and put tunics on them. You shall gird them with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and bind caps on them, and they shall have the priesthood by a perpetual statute. So you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. Then you shall bring the bull before the tent of meeting, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the bull. You shall slaughter the bull before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. You shall take some of the blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger, and you shall pour out all the blood at the base of the altar. You shall take all the fat that covers the entrails and the lobe of the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them and offer them up in smoke on the altar. But the flesh of the bull and its hide, and its refuse, you shall burn with fire outside the camp. It is a sin offering. You shall also take one ram, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the ram. And you shall slaughter the ram, and shall take its blood, and sprinkle it around on the altar. Then you shall cut the ram into its pieces, and wash its entrails and its legs, and put them with its pieces and its head. You shall offer up in smoke the whole ram on the altar. It is a burnt offering to the Lord. It is a soothing aroma, an offering by fire 
to the Lord. Then you shall take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the ram. You shall slaughter the ram, and take some of its blood, and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear, and on the lobes of his sons' right ears, and on the thumbs of their right hands, and on the big toes of their right feet, and sprinkle the rest of the blood around on the altar. Then you shall take some of the blood that is on the altar, and some of the anointing oil, and sprinkle it on Aaron, and on his garments, and on his sons, and on his sons' garments with him. So he and his garments shall be consecrated, as well as his sons and his sons' garments with him. You shall also take the fat from the ram and the fat tail, and the fat that covers the entrails and the lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, and the right thigh, for it is a ram of ordination. And one cake of bread, and one cake of bread mixed with oil, and one wafer from the basket of unleavened bread, which is set before the Lord. And you shall put all these in the hands of Aaron, and in the hands of his sons, and shall wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. You shall take them from their hands, and offer them up in smoke on the altar, on the burnt offering, for a soothing aroma before the Lord. It is an offering by fire to the Lord. Then you shall take the breast of Aaron's ram of ordination, and wave it as a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be your portion. You shall consecrate the breast of the wave offering, and the thigh of the heave offering, which was waved, and which was offered from the ram of ordination, from the one which was for Aaron, and from the one which was for his sons. It shall be for Aaron and his sons as their portion forever from the sons of Israel, for it is a heave offering. And it shall be a heave offering from the sons of Israel, from the sacrifices of their peace offerings, even their heave offering to the Lord. The holy garments of Aaron shall be for his sons after him, that in them they may be anointed and ordained. For seven days the one of his sons, who is priest in his stead, shall put them on when he enters the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place. You shall take the ram of ordination and boil its flesh in a holy place. Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Thus they shall eat those things by which atonement was made at their ordination and consecration. But a layman shall not eat them, because they are holy. If any of the flesh of ordination or any of the bread remains until morning, then you shall burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten, because it is holy. Thus you shall do to Aaron and to his sons, according to all that I have commanded you. You shall ordain them through seven days. Each day you shall offer a bull as a sin offering for atonement, and you shall purify the altar when you make atonement. For it and you shall anoint it to consecrate it. For seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and consecrate it. Then the altar shall be most holy, 
and whatever touches the altar shall be holy. Now this is what you shall offer on the altar. Two one-year-old lambs each day, continuously. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. And there shall be one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with one-fourth of a hen of beaten oil, and one-fourth of a hen of wine for a drink offering with one lamb. The other lamb you shall offer at twilight, and you shall offer with it the same grain offering and the same drink offering as in the morning, for a soothing aroma, an offering by fire to the Lord. It shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak to you there. I will meet there with the sons of Israel, and it shall be consecrated by my glory. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. I will also consecrate Aaron and his sons to minister as priests to me. I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will be their God. They shall know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Moreover, you shall make an altar as a place for burning incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. Its length shall be a cubit, and its width a cubit. It shall be square, and its height shall be two cubits. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and its sides all around, and its horns. You shall make a gold molding all around for it. You shall make two gold rings for it under its molding. You shall make them on its two side walls, on opposite sides, and they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put this altar in front of the veil that is near the Ark of the Testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is over the Ark of the Testimony, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. He shall burn it every morning when he trims the lamps. When Aaron trims the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense. There shall be perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer any strange incense on this altar, or burnt offerings, or meal offering, and you shall not pour out a drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. He shall make atonement on it with the blood of the sin offering of atonement once a year throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. The Lord also spoke to Moses, saying, When you take a census of the sons of Israel to number them, then each one of them shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord when you number them, so that there will be no plague among them when you number them. This is what everyone who is numbered shall give. Half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. The shekel is twenty geras. Half a shekel as a contribution to the Lord. Everyone who is numbered from twenty years old and over shall give the contribution 
to the Lord. The rich shall not pay more, and the poor shall not pay less than the half shekel, when you give the contribution to the Lord to make atonement for yourselves. You shall take the atonement money from the sons of Israel, and shall give it for the service of the tent of meeting, that it may be a memorial for the sons of Israel before the Lord, to make atonement for yourselves. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a laver of bronze, with its base of bronze, for washing. And you shall put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it. Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet from it. When they enter the tent of meeting, they shall wash with water, so that they will not die, or when they approach the altar to minister, by offering up in smoke a fire sacrifice to the Lord. So they shall wash their hands and their feet, so that they will not die. And it shall be a perpetual statute for them, for Aaron and his descendants throughout their generations. Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take also for yourself the finest of spices, of flowing myrrh five hundred shekels, and of fragrant cinnamon half as much, two hundred and fifty, and of fragrant cane two hundred and fifty and of cassia five hundred, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and of olive oil a hin. You shall make of these a holy anointing oil, a perfume mixture, the work of a perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. With it you shall anoint the tent of meeting, and the ark of the testimony, and the table, and all its utensils, and the lampstand, and its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils, and the laver, and its stand. You shall also consecrate them, that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them shall be holy. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister as priests to me. You shall speak to the sons of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. It shall not be poured on anyone's body, nor shall you make any like it in the same proportions. It is holy, and it shall be holy to you. Whoever shall mix any like it, or whoever puts any of it on a layman, shall be cut off from his people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take for yourself spices. Scact and Onica and Galbanum, spices with pure frankincense. They shall be an equal part of each. With it you shall make incense, a perfume, the work of a perfumer, salted, pure, and holy. You shall beat some of it very fine and put part of it before the testimony in the tent of meeting where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. The incense which you shall make, you shall not make in the same proportions for yourselves. It shall be holy to you for the Lord. Whoever shall make any like it as use as perfume shall be cut off from his people. Psalm chapter 20 For the choir director, a psalm of David May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob 
set you securely on high. May he send you help from the sanctuary and support you from Zion. May he remember all your meal offerings and find your burnt offering acceptable. Selah. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your counsel. We will sing for joy over your victory. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some boasted chariots and some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stood upright. Save, O Lord. May the King answer us in the day we call. Okay, the commentary should be brief today because the reading went pretty long. And the other reason why it's short is because there's not a whole lot to talk about in Exodus, because most of it is instructions by God on how to build the tabernacle, what materials to use, the exact measurements of everything. But after going to the building itself, then it moves toward Aaron, who is going to be the high priest of Israel, and his sons, which are going to be the minor priests. And eventually, one of them is going to take the mantle of high priest when Aaron dies. So in chapter 27, we have the creation of the bronze altar. This is the first time we've seen something being built out of bronze. And the reason why this wood is cast into bronze rather than gold or silver is because, for one, bronze is a lighter weight material for, the, for transportation, but also because it is fireproof. Gold and silver may melt and is much softer of a metal than bronze is. So this makes it much more sturdy for the use of fire and for burning stuff on it. So that's why this in particular is made out of bronze. Then it talks about the creation of the court of the tabernacle, which was a huge area outside of the tent of meeting. And then it talks about how olive oil is meant to be burned continuously in the temple. But not only is it just olive oil, but it was also beaten olives. The oil you get from beaten olives is better than crushed olives. So it would result in a fire that burns more brightly and with less smoke. So that's why it was beaten instead of crushed like they would normally do. Then in chapter 28, we have the high priest's garments. And the description of it is very detailed, so much so that it's kind of hard to read sometimes. But the uniform of the high priest has multiple parts to it, as we saw. Some of it is pretty straightforward, but there's a couple things we need to address just to make sure we understand what it is. So the one thing that is introduced here is called an ephod. And what an ephod is, is a two-piece sleeveless garment that is usually beautifully made. And it is held to the body by a woven band, like we saw here in verse 8. And it's joined at the shoulders by straps. On the straps were placed two onyx stones with the names of six tribes on each stone. So it's to show, like God said, that on the shoulders of the high priests, he will bear the burdens 
of the people of Israel. So if you step back and zoom out a little bit as to the description of all this and why it's in there, you see deep symbology for what Jesus Christ is going to do here. On his shoulders rested Israel when he went to the cross, not to mention our own fate as Gentiles. So you see that symbology in here, because all this is a foreshadowing of what Christ is going to do as the ultimate high priest. Then it mentions that there's going to be a breastpiece that has 12 different stones on it, and it's going to be a breastpiece of judgment. Each of those stones represents one of the tribes of Israel. But then something is mentioned here that is very unusual, and it doesn't really give us much of a description as to what it is. But there's something that was put on the breastpiece as well, called the Urim and the Thummim. This one is going to come up again multiple times in the Old Testament. Now, we don't really know exactly what these are. They are some kind of precious stones, from what we can tell. And it seems like they were used to divine God's will. So I don't know exactly how it worked, but there's a couple of ideas that have been bounced around. One idea is that they were put into like a pouch and they would use them like casting lots to determine God's will. The other idea, and I don't know how true this is because the Bible doesn't really say it, but they would ask God a question with the Urim and Thummim in hand. And God would do something through one of those stones to indicate what the answer was. I don't know if it's as simple as Urim and Thummim being one stone is the yes stone, and the other one is the no stone. I don't really know. It's not very clear, but it gives you the idea of what it was used for. So some way, somehow, the Urim and the Thummim helped them determine what God's will was, if he did not speak directly to them. Very fascinating, but it doesn't really go into much detail about it. And I think this is done intentionally, because it's not very important to us to know exactly how the Urim and Thummim work. But I still think it's interesting. Then it talks about the robe of the ephod, which is going to be very beautiful. And then it's going to talk about the turban, which was cultural of that day, as well as a head covering, which is honorable to the Lord. And then there's going to be a gold plate that is on the turban that says, Holy to the Lord on it. Now, all of this is to not only demonstrate the beauty of God in the way that the high priest is dressed, but this holiness that is being presented through these garments, but it also enabled him to present imperfect offerings, which are called holy things here, and God will accept them. So it's the same thing with Jesus Christ. He is our perfect high priest. He offered himself on the altar as a sacrifice for us, and God accepted it. Much like how it says here that it was a soothing aroma to the Lord. Now, maybe God does like the smell of things. I don't know. But I don't think it's that simple. It's not like God just enjoys a good barbecue and some good perfume. While it may be partly true in that way, it should be understood in a more spiritual aspect. It mentions in the New Testament that if we offer ourselves as living sacrifices, 
then we are also a soothing aroma to the Lord. What the soothing aroma, I think, is alluding to is the obedience to the satisfaction of God by him being perfectly obeyed. He is being worshipped in a way that he desires to be worshipped. And that is important, because we need to know exactly how God wants to be worshipped. It is not up to us how to worship him. He has told us exactly how. And we need to listen to what God has to say and do those things throughout the scriptures. Then it goes into detail about how to make Aaron's sons, the lesser priests' garments. And then all of chapter 29 is about the consecration of the priests. And again, consecration means to make clean or to make holy. So all this is about the ordination of the priests, which also included washing, anointing, the particular clothing made for them, and offering specific sacrifices. Now you may be wondering, why is it that they're supposed to take the blood of that one animal and put it on their right ear, and on their right thumb, and on their right big toe? The reason why it was on the ear is because it symbolized obedience to God. Those who have ears to hear, let him hear, right? And when it comes to the thumbs and the toes, It symbolizes the work that is being done for God. The hands and feet of the priest are going to do what is right and acceptable in the sight of God. And in this culture, the right side of the body was considered your dominant side. It was considered your strength. And so often you see that in the Bible, where it talks about, His right hand holds me. The right hand was considered the hand of strength. The left hand was not considered the hand of strength, which is unfortunate for people like me who are left-handed. But the right hand is considered your strong hand. And then the remainder of chapter 29 is this instituting different offerings that the priests have to do in front of the altar. Sometimes it makes you wonder why they had to do it in this particular way, like waved a piece of meat around and stuff like that, but that's what God wants, and so God is going to get what he wants. Then in chapter 30, it mentions an altar of incense that is supposed to be burning continually before the Lord. Then it talks about atonement money. And so it talks about here, beginning in verse 11, how every male that is 20 years and older is required to pay a ransom when they enrolled as God's people, basically paying a tribute or an offering to declare their membership, if you will, of being an Israelite. And this was half a shekel. It wasn't that much. You're talking about one-fifth of an ounce, six grams, more or less. It's not much at all. But combined with all the people of Israel, it turns out to be quite a bit. And that is basically what's going to fund the tabernacle. If it needs any repairs, it needs any supplies, that's what they're going to draw from. Then God describes how to make the bronze laver, which was used for ritual cleansing. Then it talks about the anointing oil and the incense itself. And this particular mixture is considered sacred to God. He doesn't want anybody else to copy it and make it for themselves. It needs to be a unique scent only for him. And that wraps it up for our reading of Exodus today. And there are going to be many more chapters like this. So 
If you find this particular piece of scripture dry, then look more carefully at what we're reading. I agree that there are some parts that are a little more difficult to read, no doubt, but there is a reason why it's here. I invite you to discover why it's here. Why is God instituting this particular ordinance? Why is this law so important? Why does God put this in value and this not? Take a look at why God does this, because there is a reason, and anything that God says is worth our time. And so we need to pay attention to these minute details. And oftentimes, God will straight up tell them why he wants them to do this particular thing. And so it's simply an act of obedience. As ridiculous as some of this stuff might be to you, this was what God expected from his people, and they needed to obey it perfectly. It's really the same thing about the Bible as a whole, right? There are some things in here we may not like. There are some things in here that we may not agree with. But at the end of the day, God expects us to obey perfectly, whether you agree or not. So consider that as we move on. Now in chapter 20, we begin the psalm with David interceding for his people. He is addressing God with the prayers of his people, especially towards having victory in battle. Then he declares his own trust in God for victory. Then he relates again the prayers of his people to the Lord. It's a very simple psalm, but at the same time, these are promises that God makes to us. It's a beautiful benediction, to be sure. But I especially like the end of the psalm, which moves us into our scripture to memorize for today. Psalm chapter 20, verse 7. Some boast in chariots and some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. My prayer is that we are this person, that we boast in the name of the Lord, meaning that the pride of our lives, where we get our comfort and our strength from, is from God alone, because only God is able to do it. And with that, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.